For context, today is Halloween. Hello. Happy Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> Have you ate any candy yet? Uh, no. Oh, that's That's actually crazy. Yeah, no, I did not do that yet. I bought a bunch of candy because our to. building's doing trick-or-treating this year. Are you on, like, you're on the Upper West Side, right? Upper West, yeah. It's such a thing over there. It's huge. So yeah. I'm teaching, and I'm. it's like Sasha's Spooktacular, and, like, it's a whole thing. Oh, and sick. on 69th, Carter Babcock, who I pace with at Nike, yeah. he lives on 69th, and he, like, there's like competitions for people's homes being decorated. Oh, and who really? gives out like the biggest candy bar and all of yeah. that? Yeah. Well, that's my my favorite. I grew up in Battery Park, which Your I preempted this. Oh, I like this story. Yeah. Yeah. Tell great. it again. Yeah. No, I love this story because <laughs> it like shapes my childhood. Uh, my I grew up in Battery Park City, which is like the most neighborhoody area of all of Manhattan, in my opinion. So like lots of families, lots of kids, little league, all that shit that yeah. like normal people grew up with. Uh, and what our neighborhood did is they would have sign up sheets in the lobby that you could sign up your apartment and then the neighborhood would compile a list of every building and every apartment that was doing trick-or-treating right so me and my friends would like game plan we'd go to the building of like 40 floors go up to the 40th floor and, and then just down. work down the list take the stairs down it's so more efficient smart. no waiting for elevators yeah and you just crush candy like you get Out so much candy uh, and then you like take in the middle of the night. You bring the garbage bag back home. You dump all the candy in your bedroom, and then you and go you back do out. it again. Yeah, it's awesome. They wouldn't even know if you were like double dipping. Oh, they'd have no idea. Right. The so most efficient as we grew into like twelve-year-old pieces of shit, which like <laughs> people, like, you go through that phase. <laughs> yeah. But you'd find the apartments that like left it outside their apartment and take. Oh, like, you just take everything. Take a lot. Yeah. Maybe not always everything. Right. It's like, take like. 20 pieces maybe yeah, i don't know yeah, leave yeah, some yeah. uh but yeah like you just stock up um so my building's doing that this year okay. and like as an adult that remembers what it was like as a kid i am very insistent on wanting to be like a cool apartment for kids to that's visit. really like nice. i want to give kids a lot of candy yeah. but that's all that that entails well, are you um curating the type of candy you're giving out oh, or just I, buying the mixed bag i bought strictly the candy that i like which is maybe not the right approach but number one reese's oh yeah number two kit kat yeah duh. and then just like the rest of it is chocolate i don't even know if there's a three in my opinion okay no fruity things i don't like fruity i like i like a mini snickers mini snickers is great yeah like that's i think that's in the mix okay um but i like all three of those variations also put in the freezer yeah and then had like a frozen treat yeah yeah that's a good move is that top three halloween candies um you could do top five i think kit kat might be first okay um and then reese's and then snickers and that's not really like what else do you get like a hershey's bar you can Um, get like hershey and then there's like the uh, i always think of them as the like cadbury candies like nerds or like oh yeah swedish fish pretzels you're a big pretzels on halloween person who gives out pretzels lame apartments weird or (laughs) apples or like a i don't know like a pencil i'm like what oh i can't eat this when they give you functional tools i'm like no this is not gonna rot my teeth absolutely not i can't get a stomach ache from eating like seven of these you know and also what if you accidentally eat a pretzel like that's rough which I think, like, I we've got pretzels. other people in the room with us right. today. So usually we try and talk. For I 10 think minutes. we should take a poll. So we did our top three. You did your top three. My top three. Yeah. They're the same. Yeah. And now we're going to bring in our guest, the esteemed podcasting queen, Miss Emily Abate. No, I always say that in my head, but it's a body. A body. Hi. Boom. Hi. <laughs> hello. Hello. Hi. What? Tell us your top three favorite candies. <laughs> We're all on the same page with Reese's. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely Reese's. I would maybe lean into 100 grand. 
Oh, oh, that's a hot. I like that though. That's hot a good take. one. I do love a hum. I like that they come two in one. If you get the the actual sized, I feel like you're getting more bang for your buck. But yeah, really, they just cut it in two. That's fine. Yeah, it still feels okay. Right. All right, hundred grand size. But do they do those in the mini form? I think so. Yes, I feel like I've seen it's them. Called fifty grand. Oh no. <laughs> we also have Dave here. <laughs> and producer Dave has entered. Emily is now getting up to leave. <laughs> oh, well. And now it's no. <laughs> enter the slam the door. That, how could I not make that? That was good. Come that on. was good. Come I like on. it. Wait, we'll what's, give you that. Round out the top three, and then I want to hear Dave's. I think a uh, crunch bar. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Oh, yeah. The little I haven't crispies. had a crunch in a while. I haven't actually. had that either. Mm-hmm. Crunch is it, and that's a good. In mini form candy mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. that's just tasty. I like that. Dave, let's three hear musketeers. It. Okay, all the, all the way. Mm-hmm. Also a good one. No, it's like a chocolate mousse nougat? situation. No nougat fans here. Oh Heath bar. Oh yeah, Heath fuck bar. yeah. Also yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a Heath. I like a good Heath bar. I kind of like an almond joy sometimes too, because one almond in the mini. Mm. It's like, no, okay. No, I'm I'm with you. Coke. Also Butterfinger. You, oh, I feel like it's falling wow. out of favor. They said that they've changed the, um, the recipe. Oh, recently controversial. Yeah, uh, to what? Yeah, big if true. Worse? Should we do a blind taste test? We should do it next. I went to a live podcasting. Oh. They did a blind taste test. I think that should be new. It's we always did, good. We did a yeah. blind. We did yeah. it with energy drinks. The audio <laughs> format is always good for a blind taste test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the visual is super necessary, <laughs> I love that. Lol. Okay, so um, you are what? Again for Halloween? Oh, for Halloween. So that, yeah, I don't oh, yeah. know how I got this off track, but I'm a Dunder Mifflin <laughs> piece of paper, which I think is also important. We were talking about this as we came in because you guys are all very well dressed up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys all have impressive costumes, and I just went and stuck a piece of paper onto myself. Uh, I am just not into Halloween dressing up. Like, okay. I've never been into it, and I don't, I did it as a kid. I was like a pirate a bunch of times. That's um, fun. But yeah, you guys. Did you are wear the eye patch? Oh, absolutely. Okay, it was great, and I yeah. got a bunch of candy. Like that's why you did it. Right. And then as I got older, I was at like I dressed up less, but still could claim that I was dressed up. So I got candy, and it wasn't like lame when I went to someone's door. I don't know. It worked out. It was fine. Right. No, I agree. I think as a kid, there's an incentive. As an adult, the incentive becomes blurred, and now it's like. It gets more of like how creative can I get, or what like scantily clad outfit can I get away with wearing and still claim it as a costume you know <laughs> there was guys do that as well 100%. they do oh yeah this absolutely. was like a college then absolutely was like, oh, yeah. can wear, I show like, off my, my abs cut off. Yeah, yeah exactly you do a Ooh. vest with no shirt or like cut off shirts it's yeah, yeah, 100% yeah. a thing that guys do yeah for sure uh, for that's sure. great wait so look, we should also go around what are you Sasha um, and then so I want to go I around Dave and Emily for the visual because it doesn't work in audio format for people to see your that's, great costumes that's true that's true um, I'm a matador um, Thomas and I, my partner Thomas, as I need to mention at the beginning of every podcast, uh, we're in Barcelona post Berlin and we were like, oh, we should be a bull and a matador. And we had a really hard time trying to figure out who was going to be who. Okay. And so I just like did a quick search of matador costumes and this is an extra large child's costume and the sleeves are still a little bit long, but other than that, it fits to a T. So okay. you wanted it to be a capri. I so in I meant to bring the that's picture. That's kind of vibes. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> I didn't to come even think here. about that. It's supposed to come up to mid shin, and that's the the picture has the so- it came with socks that look just like this, but they were shorter because a child's foot must be smaller than mine. But yeah, it was supposed to be it's supposed to be a capri, like or a, like a flood. 
Okay. I, I like gaucho, if you will. Light. Oh, man. Just, and Dave? I am uh, wearing a what what must be a nine-year-old's costume right now since I'm, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm hulking out of it. I went and bought the, the last costume on the rack from a party store, and I am Thanos I right love now. it. Yeah. Dave's um, mask looks it's more scary than Thanos's Yeah, it's does. actually pretty terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. I don't encourage any children to wear this. But, Appropriately, yeah. I am a bandit, although not sitting here wearing my bandit eye mask because I thought that it would be a little too much for an hour conversation. <laughs> oh, could be man. kind of fun. See how long you could Regular last. New Yorker wearing all black or a Halloween costume. I know. Yeah. What TV did day. Steve Finley say? He said, are you a Soho, Soho hipster? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The mask brings it all together. It does. But it does. without it, that see, that's an ideal Halloween costume, though, in my brain. You it's also like, just look like a stylish New Yorker in fall. You're very kind like, to me. Like, you can check all the boxes right <laughs> Thank now. Thank you. Yes. Oh, you man. were um, an astronaut, though, I over was. the weekend? I was. I was an astronaut on Friday. Yeah, fine. And then on Saturday, I went to a friend's birthday party that was Studio 54 themed. Oh, cute. And oh, yeah, you were in the sequence. Entire sequence suit. A vibe. A total vibe. Yeah. I was hesitant to rock the entire suit because it's a lot. Right. And I waited about 15 minutes for an Uber to pull up and get me. And I was just enjoying the air. Not a single person walked by me without saying, this is an amazing outfit. Oh, I was my like, God. wow. Yes. Right, right call. Hell yeah. Right call. That's Snaps huge. That. I do just because we're all runners in this room. And Halloween just always reminds me of this. Uh, and you ran London, which is also a good time. London, historically, Guinness Book of World Records, there's always someone doing weird shit in London. Nuts. And every oh, single really? year I see someone dressed as, like, Big Ben. Mm-hmm. What are no. your... Well, one, I want to know opinions on people wearing costumes for racing. But then, two, did you see anything, like, wild at London? Because I feel like everyone always has good stories. So I didn't know before going to the starting corrals that costumes in London were such a big thing. Although someone had made a reference to me at one point and I was like oh cool like people will be dressed up I get there and immediately there's just costumes everywhere and everyone's (laughs) wearing like Guinness world record like I am attempting to run the fastest marathon as a pencil I am attempting to run the fastest marathon as a mariachi those are two real examples I saw I ran my first mile next to the pencil oh Oh, she was great we had like a nice little chat yeah um you know what do whatever makes you happy if you want to run a marathon as a pencil have a great time I think that's kind of a fun way to weasel yourself into a record. Oh, 100%. Like, I ran the fastest. I might consider that. Yeah. I could totally see Thank you, you that. Thank you for that. Yeah. We have to uh, think about the costume, maybe collaborate on that idea. But Yeah. Um, yeah, what are you screenshotting? Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave's definitely got, found a crazy costume situation. I'm hoping that Dave pulled up what I, because what I imagine, well, first of all, I love that take of like, I'm frightened. Uh, just do it. <laughs> well, the, the image that I have, and I don't know if I've like made this up in my brain, but I think there was a year where someone couldn't get under the finish corral because their costume was too tall. So they like oh. ran into it and had to like, they were like Big Ben, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, this is which is hilarious. Funny. But I do legitimately think that like the costume running Marathons are hard. Like we've all yeah. done marathons, and yeah. they're, they're hard. In a costume, like what was was the pencil costume like a solid? Pe- was it like I, I would know. be sweating so yeah. much. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and like the people, like the mariachi had a guitar. Like he oh ran with God. a guitar Props. for all twenty six. <laughs> As Dave <laughs> screenshots more stuff. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so curious now. I just we'll like get this we later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. No, that it's insane. Even the um, there's a race that I'm aware of, it like costumes hard. 
in San Francisco, there's oh, oh yeah, the, Dave um, just draw and Emily. I'll let you see this as well. Oh For those my not who can't see, Dave has dropped one of his screenshots, which is a camel with seemingly two people. Yes. Uh, the one that I was gonna say is I I know people who do this thing in San Francisco. Uh, I believe it's at like Beta Breakers or yeah, something. It's like a breakers. seven mile. Mm-hmm. But they do the centipede, which is seven people attached to each other. That sounds hilarious. It, so- it sounds and insane. Like, a nightmare. like insane. How stressful this is that? This tandem costume is as far as I would take it. They do have little holes for breathing to give the full visual. And they are indeed wearing running shoes. Their, yeah, their knees are coming up pretty high. So I would take that they're they're not just going for a luxurious walk. Yeah, but they're in like a fleece blanket. <laughs> like that's rough. That's so right. And these guys, like, for more visual context, they're clearly raising money for a charity, which yeah. is super cool. They've got, like, a big water aid ad on the side. We'll plug them. I don't know what water aid is, but hum- hopefully hum-free. something great. Uh, like, that's crazy. And that's so hard. The pencil's rough. Uh, I, one of my favorite running memories is I consider myself a decent runner but at the new york city marathon one of the first new york city half marathon one of the first years that i did it in the first mile i got sprinted past by a guy in a full suit and he just kicked my ass like he ran so fast and it was a truly humbling experience like a full suit yeah like a, like suit a full and tie? suit suit and tie like oh. dresser i don't know if he had run it i think he had well, running shoes remember on. the guy i'm pretty sure he ran with lost boys who did the that night's oh armor insane yeah for the whole leg i mean it wasn't a marathon but he did but like he did a leg six miles in a okay in so a night's mask would like any a... of you wear a costume for any distance of a race no not unless it was for a good cause okay overwhelmingly the answer is no absolutely not <laughs> i might weasel my way into a world record i would yeah <laughs> literally i'm like yeah we should do that yeah i would Tandem on like a channel. halloween or even like a turkey trot don't you don't you off you do the turkey trot every year don't you I do. I'm kind of sad because I'm not going to be doing it this year. Aww. Yeah, because your heel. Because my foot. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, breaking the streak. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. The, the annual Pequot turkey trot over in Southport, Connecticut. <laughs> it's a classic. It's, it's a classic. It's so do people, fun. is it like the whole community comes oh, out for it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's a five miler. Oh. I know that's, that's a little controversial. People feel strongly about it being a five miler versus a 5K. A yeah. trot? It is a at trot. a five mile. I'm it's like, a, mm, are you trotting? I've yeah, yeah. yeah I, you I'm are. usually booking it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> attempting to book it in my definition. Anyway. That's really fun. Yeah, I love um, that. That's, I mean, yeah, I agree. Five miler. My local one is a three, a five k or a ten k, mm. but it's not. It's short. So when I didn't know anything about running, I it was like a two point nine miler, and I was saying it was my five k PR, and it was awesome because <laughs> I sounded like a minute faster than I was. Oh my god, it was great! And funny. then I like looked GPS data became something I became aware of. I'm like, oh, this is like two point eight five. Uh, it's great. Right. Every year I do it, and I my dad does the walk. He's not a fit human being, so he walks it. But I always nice. it's two loops around a little pond, and I always lap him around mile two. Do you say <laughs> what's up, or are you just like peace? Oh, we always say what's up, but he okay, always nice. sprints for like fifteen meters, so that he's right next to me for a Aww. second. And I, and one of our family friends got a video of him, and it's his favorite video because he's like, "Look, I was running with him the whole time." <laughs> he makes the same joke to everyone. You should claim you'll, that. For you'll as meet long him as he at can. some point, and he'll make the joke to you, oh, guaranteed. Like guaranteed. It's it's great. Does he watch all your marathons as well? Like, does he spectate? They come out. My mom used to run marathons, which is a, a transitions baby. She's yeah. ran the New York City Marathon a few times. Oh. So we would go to First Ave. He's an okay marathon spectator, I would say. He always <laughs> sees them. But they're, well, they, it, it's, I remember, I don't know if you guys have had this experience where, like, 
it's it's my mom is a great runner she's not like she's in the crowded sections of the race we would always see her but my parents were always insistent on us going to first ave in new york which is like crowds are deep Mm -hmm. and my mom would miss us every year we'd see her but she wouldn't see us because there's like a thousand people next to us Yeah. yeah but that's what they do every year now when i run as well as they're on first ave and like I hear them at the last second as I, like, go right past. I'm like, hey, but it's hard to see you because it's a lot of crowds. Are you not communicating runners left, runners right, north, south? That's My parents don't do that. And they're like, they know what they're doing, too. (laughs) I was listening to a really insightful podcast this morning with, and it was, um, it was like a recycled one with Robin Arzone, Hurdle Podcast for everyone who didn't catch that. Um, And it was like, if people want to come see you, they shouldn't be dictating where you need to come see them yeah. when you're in the middle of whatever mile you're at. It's like runner's right, runner's left, underneath this point. Like even coordinates would be helpful, yeah. you know, especially if they're going to hand you something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I but never... if they're just trying to catch a glimpse or a photo or a wave or a fist bump, whatever it is. But, they, you know, yeah. it should still be very much like dictated by the runner. I would say. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I co-sign that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Great. Got <laughs> so it. The run, yeah. Thanks. I don't let my parents hand me things. I don't. Like, <laughs> that, which is fun. They're, they're there to see. They're there oh, to like yeah. hang out, take a photo because they're really into their Instagrams now. Uh, oh, that's really nice. And Do they like, have a joint or separate? They have separate, but my dad gets all his Instagram information. Can my we have them really on the pod it. soon? Oh, definitely. Producer Dave? Let's pull okay. them on. Yeah. Anyways, Emily, I would like to ask you, if has, has anyone ever had the responsibility of handing you something on a race? I don't think I've ever given something to someone for them to hand to me mid run. Mm, okay. I am big on like carrying all my own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no one's ever handed me anything, but I have taken things from the crowd that were not planned, oh, i.e. like small pieces of chocolate, candy nice. along the way, uh, up near Marcus Garvey mm-hmm. every year, there's usually people holding trays of like shots of beer. I have certainly taken shots oh, yeah. of beer at like mile 21 of the New York City Marathon. I think that's really nice. And instead of people holding a whole beer, it's like, here's oh, yeah. a little sippable thing. Take yeah. that and keep going. Totally. I love that. Vibes. I ju- <laughs> Vibes. I actually ended my run at like a store on Knickerbocker and Bushwick. It's like a like a variety store and it was I was like do you have like those plastic oil dispensers that you see at a restaurant and I'm I'm this is not I'm not oh, yeah. this is not new like ex- like an exciting idea people have done this but it's a squeeze bottle and it has a little lid and that's what I think I'm going to do I can't walk and drink at the same time so people who are like when you make the spout and then you pour it in your mouth and then you like pour some out I'm like that sounds like an elaborate ass plan while I'm trying to run a marathon like just give me a squeeze bottle and i'll like get it in there and then we're done you know over and done yeah easy, easy um enough. i was watching your video of you preparing for the 2014 new york city marathon with fit fitby mm-hmm. yeah that's really fun oh. you're so you're like so good on camera oh thank you so good <laughs> like really i'm like wow look at her go she's so, incredible sasha's referencing um a series that we made when i was working at rodale which used to own titles like Women's Health, Men's Health, Runner's World Prevention, they were since sold to Hearst. And I worked at a website there called fitbee.com and we did this video series and it surrounded my build up to the New York City Marathon and the last video is truly the most adorable thing. Not 
because of anything that I did, but because of my parents. So my parents are like at the marathon and they are following them, like watching me and spectating. And they're just like so proud. Every time I watch that video, I cry. Oh my God. It's so cute. I didn't see that version, but I'm going to have to keep going into my YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will. That's really nice. down the hole. Yeah, oh, YouTube. I, I get into a deep dark hole. It's great. Often. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, sometimes geared just towards Emily, but sometimes not. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> just go down the. Oh, that's fun. Oh. Yeah, you can go down an Emily like YouTube hole. That's awesome. I don't know. I think that's a. I think that's a cool thing. And you find cool videos like that from there's 2014. Some, there's some random stuff on YouTube for Emily. I like sure. it. I like it. I I'm like sure. it. So you're not running. You ran London. Congrats. Thank you. Thank um, you. I just love your like. Uh, it was like your Friday hurdle moment with you and Ashley Matcha mm. doing the like Spitfire questions, and you were gonna go see burlesque. And yeah. I just like whenever I think about you guys running London, I think about that. <laughs> I listened to that when I was like. I don't know, not in New York. And it just made me feel like you guys were like in the hotel room with me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a really great time. So we ran London and then we went from London to Paris. Nice. And uh, we were in Paris for a few days and it was nice. We we decided to record that one bottle of champagne deep. Oh. <laughs> uh, but the episode did obscenely well. So yeah. I think I need to do more like that. For those that may not be familiar with Hurdle, Three times a week it comes out, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mondays are like guested episodes like this. Uh, Wednesdays are more like evergreen content. You can learn something like race tips from Robin Arson. And then Fridays are something that I put out called Five Minute Friday, which is just like a story from the week and a listener question. And that's it. Love that. Yeah. I love all versions of that. And I like the three day a week. I think that like you're just such a hard worker. But we can also get marathon pro tips from someone like you who's run how many marathons 11 damn Woo. 11 I think that thank, you. thank you thank you <laughs> um okay so give us just it for like succinct purposes give us your five pro tips who five is that too many no too i mean let's see what happens as i start <laughs> uh first things first own your no race week. This is like my biggest tip for anyone that is like gearing up for a marathon and something I started to really religiously abide by probably within the last two years. So I could have like some stuff planned for the week. But if as I'm going Mm -hmm. throughout my week, I realize that I'm feeling like my bandwidth is tapped out or I just really need to prioritize what I have going on, a.k.a mostly nothing like recovery 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 then I'll just start owning my no and being like you know what I'm so sorry I can't make this anymore or etc etc obviously a little bit different for someone like me now where I'm hosting a lot of events and it's not like I can You're just like, like hit sorry, you up and be no. like sorry I can't do this that. interview on Wednesday anymore <laughs> so maybe not like that but just you know you have to prioritize what works for you and for me in the last few years of marathoning that has been something that I've really appreciated about leading into race weekend. So number one, own your no, prioritize your no. Number two, wear everything before you run. I feel more strongly about this than maybe sneakers these days. Your outfit, I made a major error going into London this year and I wore a singlet that I had previously only ran for like a 5K jog and I never washed the singlet because like I hardly sweat during the jog. I just like put it back aside. I completely ripped up my chest from the singlet just the way that it rubbed. So uh, that was a rookie move on my part. Like I knew better. Didn't you also make 
didn't you make a shoe switch pretty late in the game? Yeah. I remember texting you about yeah. this. I mean, it just, there were a lot of factors. So yeah. I would say definitely make sure you wear everything, wash everything, and wear it for a longer run. Don't just like, oh, I ran a mile in this short and it feels fine because a mile versus 26.2 miles is dramatically different. So test your kit because you want to remove all of the guesswork from your race day situation. My next tip, know your fueling strategy. I am someone who religiously fuels between like 35 and 40 minutes. My quote unquote best marathon ever, I'll say it was Chicago 2019. Uh, I cannot remember really like a time during that run where I wasn't eating something. Like I just feel like I was eating and fueling the entire time. And that day couldn't have gone any better. It was just such a surprise for me. I think that marathon, I maybe cut off like 16 minutes from my best time before then. I don't completely remember, but I BQ'd and I just never thought that a BQ was ever going to be in my vernacular. So to do that, uh, really, I credited a lot to my fueling strategy that day, which really worked in my favor. So know your fueling strategy, be very intentional with it. Like I said, I carry all of my fuel with me. And that way you just don't have to have that added anxiety of missing someone that's holding something for you somewhere because something happened and they were late. Don't don't deal with that. So that's tip number three. Tip number four, remember to have fun. I am certainly guilty of approaching marathoning at one point or another and being just so focused on time. And they were my worst experiences to date. Again, when I think about that Chicago race, I had such an amazing day. And what I did was nowhere on my radar. And I just was so focused on fun. I was really focused on fun this year in London as well because I felt like I had no other option considering some of the injuries that I was navigating and doing that I think this was the first marathon where I literally had the thought at one point like I don't want this to end and I was in so much pain but I just like wanted to keep enjoying myself and having a time and exploring London so focus on the fun come back to that and know that uh, we run that's why we run especially like I don't know I'm an adult in my mid-30s I'm not going out there to be the next Shalane. I'm going out there just to enjoy myself. And when you lose sight of that, uh, it's not that's not the point. And then the last thing, the best piece of advice that someone once gave me and I always pass on to everybody else is come back to calm. And remember that calm can be your superpower and it's completely within your control. So when things feel like they're going off the rails or if things feel hectic or chaotic, remember that calm is within your wheelhouse. And that is just something that I'll repeat to myself, especially during those later months miles when many of us tend to to hit the wall just knowing that you can come back to this place where you have control and uh you can feel at home in your body again so let's go with those five that's i a, love that. those are good five yeah. yeah and you run new york i have five times where where do you think people need to get the most calm in new york yeah so my favorite one of the most beautiful memories I have about the New York Marathon, despite me being in complete tears, was I was running up uh, Fifth Ave. And for those of you that may not be well versed in the New York course, there is one long, beautiful hill on <laughs> Fifth Avenue right before you make that right into Central Park. Is that 21? 22? It's like 22 20, to 23. 23. Yeah. yeah, I've lost all. It's a long hill. It's a long <laughs> so. hill. And so... I think people really need help on that hill. And I remember that my good friend Kara and her husband Ryan, I was in such 
pain in the 2021 New York Marathon and I saw them at like mile 22 right there and I just like broke down and they were running with me and I was just hysterically crying trying to make it up the hill and then they parted ways and then literally back to back like on one corner and the next corner it was like a mob of Peloton instructors which all like yelled at me to get my ass up the hill and then a hurdler that I didn't know that like yelled at me and was holding a sign like with my name on it and it was just so special so I think people always really need support there but honestly anywhere north of 16 like when you make that turn Mm -hmm. to the Queensboro Roar coming up and up coming up First Avenue is just so special and I think that's really where it kicks in I love where OMRC's cheer station is at 19 I think that's that's a clutch spot it's a good spot I'm yeah. just laughing because I'm just thinking of a mob of Peloton instructors nothing could be more <laughs> like clutch to have of individuals that know how to hike. they all like <laughs> just having just having one and it would be enough for me yeah. but having like probably I'm picturing like 10 Peloton instructors like it was it was special screaming. yeah that's, there was a lot awesome. of a lot of like highs and lows in that like four minute period for me yeah oh man that's really fun i feel like i read something that you wrote uh today where you were like featuring uh the 50 best workout songs and we have this maybe your 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 name was on there maybe you didn't write it but okay um we have this conversation often about like people who wear headphones or listen to music Mm -hmm. while they race a marathon and what is your take on that so relatively new for me is mostly without music on marathon day but I definitely will lean in if I'm in the struggle zone which was interesting because in London I was really struggling uh toward the end just because of the amount of pain that I was experiencing and decided not to lean into the music but rather to lean into the crowd Mm -hmm. so I will go out and have headphones And then just decide when I want to kind of lean into that versus leaning into my surroundings. But for the first, I would say maybe eight or nine marathons, all of them music. Oh, yeah. So this is a new a new thing that I'm trying to lean into. And I do think that it comes hand in hand with getting more accustomed to running with other people. I only really got involved in the New York City running scene, crew culture, whatever, within the last few years. So I'm more accustomed now to running with others, being more like aware of what's going on around me in terms of energy. And so, yeah, it's been a little bit of a shift for me. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think it's fun also because you might, I do understand the point of wanting to be aware and like having your senses be in tune like everything like all parts of of you being in tune with the course and the crowd and there is a bit of power exchange but tim has brought this up like sometimes you can go through like a very big like area with lots of energy lots of excitement lots of support and then all of a sudden you hit the queensborough bridge and all of that is not there anymore and you're like okay how do i like continue riding that momentum without them actually feeding it to me and so I'm just a devout music listener but and I think just to toot my own horn in the article that had your name on it it said (laughs) (laughs) music may change the way you respond to fatigue and it boosts serotonin so what website is this on uh, I think I still have it up. Hold on. Please hold that. <laughs> We're going to fact check. Hold that. Real time, baby. It's called APreports.com. <laughs> is that official? Uh, Did you make- oh, it's on Women's oh. Health. Three oh. weeks ago. 50 best workout songs. 20- oh, 2020. 
Yeah, I was so. going to say, so fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first name on there, though. Yeah, you And know. the songs are good. I'm great. I took some. I'm glad. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there were remixes to some of these songs. You know, <laughs> there are articles that I have written from like six years ago that are just like republished randomly all the mm, time. And it. someone will be like, oh, I saw an article you wrote the other day for, I don't know, like health.com. I haven't contributed to health.com in like six years, but oh, this yeah. is just, you sell your soul when you like right. sign all these contracts, sure, right? Sure, so sure. I have a lot of articles in the world and I, I hear these stories from time to time and also for something like that like I could have written the intro and then in order to like make it relevant again they'll come up with a brand new playlist so my mm. name will be on it and then here I am recommending songs that I don't even know about right well I um, hope I'm glad that it helped and, you and no that, it did it did and that's a good transition uh, oh dear big on transitions yeah <laughs> huge fan huge fan of transitions <laughs> um, we were talking here and, and clearly you know Hurdle and Emily are now synonymous together you live your own brand um, maybe talk through like I'm sure you get this question a lot, but we were trying to bang our head against the wall of like how to like approach this, but just how do you scale, you know, your time, yourself, your personality, your thoughts, like, you know, how you build your brand and scale it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting for some reason. I feel like the most important thing to say up front is when you're building anything, the best thing that you can do is just be a good person. And I would like to think that coming back to being a kind human and hopefully treating people with respect and kindness has been an integral part to me building my brand because more often than not when I sit down with someone whether it's the first time or the third time I find people now being over enthusiastic or maybe or maybe and maybe not even realizing that they are so excited just to open up to me and for me I believe that that's because I approach my work with so much sincerity and like a genuine hope to help others live healthier, happier lives in whatever way that looks like to them. And I know that sounds like a little like woo woo, but at the core of it in building my brand, uh, I would say that authenticity is what has helped me get to at least where it is now and and where I'm going. So um, in scaling for me, I always have to come back to who it is that I am, what my goals are, and then also asking the question why. I'm always asking the question why. Why is it that you're sharing this? Why is it that you're working with this brand specifically? That has been really, really big for me as Hurdles Expanded because I get pitched by brands all the time to either collaborate or do stuff together or come on the show as a sponsor. And if you're not in my ethos, like if I'm not actually interacting with you using this stuff, whatever it might be, then like you're not coming on the show and I'm certainly not talking to my people about you because I feel so so passionate about the fact that like anyone wants to give me any of their time it literally to this day I'm I've been working and stepping into this place of power where I'm like of course they want to give me their time but it still humbles me 99.9% of the time especially when I'm out in Chicago and someone runs by me and they're literally pointing at me and saying you come on (laughs) I was I was standing at mile 22 of the Chicago Marathon and Uh, a woman named Jenny went to go run by me and she pointed at me and she just said, you run with me. And I didn't, I was like, okay, cool. So I just like hopped in with her. I'm, you know, trotting along with her for a quarter of a mile. And she's like, so I'm here because of you. And I was like, okay. And she said, and I don't know if I love this or I hate this yet, (laughs) but uh, you made me believe that I could do this. And I 
you know, it's never lost on me how amazing that is. It's truly amazing. So to get back to your original question of scaling and building a brand, um, aside from being a good person and building based on authenticity, you have to really know what it is that you want um, and come back to that. Because if you're trying to create something just because something you've seen looks really cool and you want to mimic that, like, Mm, that probably won't work if you don't feel passionate about that thing. Mm. So know what it is that you're trying to build. Know who it is that you are and lead with that. And that's always going to help you scale something that's relatable because authenticity is relatable. Trying to be perfect or trying to be somebody else isn't going to get you anywhere. And be ready to jump in at a marathon at, at, at any point. <laughs> at, moment, at any point. At moments notice. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I, I mean, I think there's something really cool about that which i think we can circle around to but i think one of the really cool things that you're able to do as well is obviously connect with like from top to bottom within the running world is the whole thing which is i mean these guys have heard me rant about this but one of the cool things about running is like whether you're shalane kipchoge or us sitting in this room like we all have a very similar shared experience yeah like approaching interviews with some of the best in the world and then other people you're obviously a spectacular interviewer i don't think I need to say that. You also sound you. way better on mic than any of us in here sound. <laughs> not a shot at us. You're way better at this. But kind. like, is the approach, is it different when you're talking to someone super accomplished who's maybe a professional versus someone else? Because I think one of the things you do so well is you are able to connect with yeah. everyone regardless of what it is. But from an approach perspective, does it change? I don't know necessarily if the approach changes. I think my goal with every interview that I do is to hopefully make it different than any interview that you've heard with anyone, right? So if Sasha has done 42 interviews, like I want my interview number 43 to be different than all of the 42 that became that came before it. And that's always a goal of mine is like, what is it that I want to get out from that? And that was one of the best pieces of advice that I've been offered in my life when it comes to approaching any situation, whether it's a tough conversation or a podcast interview, knowing what you want to get out of it when you start it can help guide you in the decisions that you make to get from point A to your final destination, right? So I know that regardless of who I'm sitting down with, I want to approach it as who is this person really at their core? I don't want to just talk about records and times and whatever. Like, I want you to get to know who this person is in their entirety beyond what you may have in terms of a previous, uh, you know, perception of them. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And it's also just like humanizing for yeah. so many people, which is cool. And and it's, it's kind of been uh, an honor and really beautiful for me when I do get approached by a brand who may have an athlete or if there is like a CEO or something in the industry that I sit down with and the through line is we want you to do this because we want people to get to know who this person is. Yeah. When I was at World Championships this summer and I sat down with Emma Bates, that was like a big part of the conversation that I had with ASICs. It was like, we're so excited for you to do this with Emma because like Emma is just so much bigger than just a runner. And we know that like you two are going to get into that. And I was really happy with how that one played out. Yeah. Yeah. To that end, Emily is more than just Hurdle Podcast and more than just Marathoner and more than just contributor to all the online and written publications. So what else could bring us closer to knowing what your core is? Yeah, uh, I am. I've lived in New York for 11 years now, 
And that is just crazy to me when I think about how much money I have in <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Spent <laughs> living here and owning nothing. Uh, but at my core, I just am a person who wants to have like really beautiful, meaningful and like loving relationships in my life. I really prioritize my family. I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, both my parents still live in Connecticut. I have a brother that lives down in Florida. And when I'm not recording or running, I'm just really investing in those relationships. So my friendships, I would say I keep like a pretty small circle uh, because I care so passionately about like really being able to give my full self to people. I think, uh, you know, when you get to a certain age and you guys can probably relate, but I just care so passionately about like really being there for my people and definitely went through a period of transition as people listening to this may have as well over the pandemic where my closest friends, they all left. And so now kind of like rebuilding these relationships and investing in them, um, it like is my biggest joy to just have meaningful people in my life. And you can catch me like walking around Brooklyn listening to a podcast 99% of the time when I'm not behind the mic or tapping on my laptop. Um, you know, staring at other people's dogs in Fort Green Park is a joy of mine. Uh, and then cooking, pizza making. Oh, yeah. Ooh, That's Emily cool. really at her oh, core. I cannot is wait. pizza making. And I do need to give a little uh, kudos to producer Dave because Ooh, producer Dave it. is excellent on the grill with ah. pizza. We're a good team. We are. We're a good team. I we are. To, to be to be clear for the audience, well, we make pizza on the grill. Yes, which takes speed. Yeah, um, finesse. Finesse. Are you doing a like a um what's it called a pizza stone? Yeah. No. no, no, just no. on the grill, right on the grill. Oh, yeah, I, I need to see it's, this in action. It's that's bold. frenzy. Mm-hmm. But it's like an orchestra, <laughs> right? An orchestra. <laughs> like an orchestra. It just looks like all of us. Uh, it's uh, all of us, me, Emily, and myself, just yelling at each other, like like sauce, 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 sauce. Uh, <laughs> Now it was um, really delicious. It was good. We did it a couple was, weeks ago for good. our second. It was our second foray into grill pizza making, and it went really well. You so guys are building this. the pizza on the grill. Yeah, yeah. That like the dough goes on the grill. The dough first. goes yeah. right on the grill, and then you, all the uh, toppings. So to be clear, you yeah. put like a little spray. Yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. spray spray yeah, oil sticks, on the on yeah. the dough, and then you toss it on the grill, and then you immediately sauce it with your veggies or whatever you yeah. have you and cheese. So good. What are you using to? Take it off the grill. You got the a we got spatula. The got, yes. Oh, you're using a spatula. Okay. Do you have okay. the thinny? I do actually do have one of those. We should have used it. Pizza peel. Well, that's I do have a pizza <laughs> peel. There we go. I have a we pizza peel. We just made it harder for ourselves. Yeah, that's I uh, an extra <laughs> mode. We call that extra work, mode. Work in pocket. I got I got really into pizza making during the pandemic, and every Friday I would make a different pizza from the Emily pizza cookbook oh, not yeah. like I didn't write the cookbook there's a pizza spot yeah. <laughs> started in the West Village yeah. or started in Brooklyn excuse me there is also one in, in the West Village the, the chef there Matthew Highland and uh, Matthew and I met over COVID because I started making all of his pizzas and so it was very like Julia and Julia of me like that's so fun. much fun to to do all of this yeah I, I love that I do want to just we're talking about pizza I've heard on a different podcasts a while ago what your favorite pizza spot in New York is and oh. I don't want to lead you too close but is it something 
Because it might not be the same. So I'm curious what your favorite pizza is. So I once did a pizza half marathon. Oh, amazing. And yeah. my favorite slice that day was best pizza in Williamsburg. Okay. It was dynamite. Um, I do really like Emily Pizza. Like, yeah. I think their pizza is so good. But I would say best pizza in Williamsburg is probably one of my favorite slices. Sick. Mm, yeah. Emily awesome. is Detroit style, no? They bring it in a pan. And yeah. It's like got the it's Detroit. a square situation. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Do, I actually enjoy their burger or their oh, chicken so sandwich good. a little bit more than their They're pizza. They're one of the best just like all across. Yeah, I agree. Spots. Yeah. In general. Yeah, I yeah, love this pizza bomb. thing. San Mateo was the one that oh, I heard you reference before. I lived above yeah. San Mateo on the Upper East Side. And when I first moved into my apartment, that location that was under me uh, had like a couple of tables out front and it was like a little wine spot too. Yeah. And for the first year in that fourth floor walk up, Upper East Side apartment. Every time I came home at the end of the day, the man that worked there would bring me a small thing of olives and a glass of rosé and say, "Bella, before you go upstairs," and like <laughs> oh sit me gosh. down. I was I like, "This is perfect that. for me." I love that. Is- what a nice, warm welcome to home. Uh, and then they got rid of the tables, and it was uh, just like a delivery takeout spot, and yeah. that was kind of sad. That used to be my favorite pizza spot. In New really? York. Yeah. I Stop it. Wait. So does it still exist? Still yes. There are two. There are two locations. Yeah. It's uh, Neapolitan style, so like so brick pizza. oven. Yeah. Yeah. Small little cutie. Yeah, Super I love good. That. I would prefer a whole pizza to a slice anyway. Uh, yeah, whole pizza. yeah, but it depends how big the slice is. It's New York. You can get a huge slice here. That's like a true. huge slice. I wanted to eat some of this grill pizza now, though. This yeah, is my favorite. We're going to have to yeah, do yeah, a little yeah. off-site. Podcast off-site. off-site. I love Podcast it. I think it's only a few hundred dollars to rent the roof of my building for up to 16 people. Mm. Oh, wow. That's fine. Hey. Love that. <laughs> Put it on the podcast budget, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you don't hear anything. It's just wind. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm fine with that. And then us just crunching on pizza. Perfect. Does it come out crunchy? It was. It was yeah, very. It was perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it was I was so very good. impatient because I wanted. Oh, of course. I was. I was like, I did, need this pizza. Did you now. burn? Your... No, I. I just wanted to take it off before it was ready, and okay. Emily kept holding oh, yeah. me at bay. Yeah. See, that's a good balance. Need though. balance because yeah. otherwise it's yeah. like raw dough. Yeah. Oh no, we don't want that. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. I'm not no. suggesting we have raw dough, but unless you want it. Nope. If that's your thing. Nope. Some it was people, up to me. Some I would people be eat raw dough. Yeah, it's weird. I'm Don't not look a at me like that. Not pizza dough. But <laughs> Don't look dough at I me can, like that. Eat in raw form. <laughs> you talked about how you wore some a uh, singlet in London mm-hmm. that you had only worn for a 5K. Yeah. Have you ever specifically designed your kit where you're like, oh, I really like all this pizza talk. I really want to wear like a, a pizza shop singlet. <laughs> and I've been really like in the works with that, but it's, I don't know if it's going to come to fruition. And so have you ever intentionally designed a kit? So no, I do get asked a lot to make like hurdle tank tops. Oh yeah. People really want hurdler running tank tops. I just it hasn't happened for me yet. Right. Uh with that said, I used to iron on my name into yeah. like onto a lot of the shirts <gasps> and my first New York marathon, the the letters, they were sold out of like the normal size letters. So I had to buy like the really big letters. <laughs> so in that marathon video we referenced before, it's just like Emily across my chest. Like it's like I, it, it, I read it like a yell. Like it's like Emily. Yeah. Um, that's the closest I've ever come to designing my kit. The last few times, uh, the last three marathons I believe that I've run, I've worn an old man run club singlet. Mm. Love. Yeah. Love, love OMRC. We do love And we, we're talking on the topic of designing. Mm-hmm. You have run, we ran the, the midnight half last summer. Yeah. It's hard to think that back that far. Yeah. Um, we always ask our guests sometimes to design OSR uh, races, <laughs> or typically it comes from Sasha. <laughs> but since you have run an OSR race or two, 
if you had to design an OSR race, checkpoint race, mm-hmm. what would the Emily Hurdle X OSR? And we can be? help you to open the box up. One of Sasha's ideas was to run into Olive Garden in oh. Times Square, and you have to eat a breadstick. So it's like weird ideas. You can go anywhere you want. Right. Uh, it could be we just checkpoints. Flip, flip Cup was on there. <laughs> what about the roof is open? At Miss Emily's apartment, you, you to got a, a grill a pizza. <laughs> you said it was fast, and you have to eat a piece of said pizza and then keep going. Sasha designed it for me. I'm sorry, I've been thinking a lot about this, <laughs> <laughs> but I would actually do that one. So <laughs> and that'd be great. I, I, it would probably be a take on the the pizza half that I did. I mean, we had such a fun time. What we is also this did pizza it. Half? We just made it up. Me and a an old friend that oh. was leaving New York City. We, I think there were six different spots that we stopped at. You didn't have to eat a full slice at each spot. Okay. But we all got pizza at each spot. Should we reinstate this? Dude, in. Are you going to be around December 19th-ish? Is this your birthday? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious uh, that's why. That's birthday. Oh, really? It is. That's really fun. I'm actually going to be in Las Vegas. <laughs> With mom? No. Oh, okay. Uh, that would have been more fun, but happy no, birthday, no, mom. No, I have a work. I have a work thing that ends on the 19th, uh, so I'll be in Vegas, but okay. we can do it at another time. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And I'm what in. compelled okay, the great. pizza half? My friend was just leaving New York and this is like the thing she wanted to do before she left the city. So like moving. So we decided to pick, we crowdsourced what people thought to be the best pizza and we charted out six of them Mm -hmm. and it was a half marathon. Okay. How many boroughs in which pizza spot? We went from, we did one in Long Island City or Astoria or Mm -hmm. something. Um, And then we did Brooklyn and we did Manhattan. So it was the three. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Any spots that we would know? Again, best pizza was the best slice that day. For sure. Uh, we definitely went to Polly G's. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We had to do a Joe's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm. Some of the other ones are escaping me at this yeah, point. That's fine. But yeah. That's really, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It's like what, every Prince two and Street a half. Pizza. Oh, duh. yeah. 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 Um, I feel like I like Upside that's over there now. They're kind of, it's yeah. a different style of pizza. But anyways, um, how many, was it like every two and a half miles? Depended. So I think the longest stretch we went without pizza was maybe like three and a half. That's so fun. Yeah. I'm really into this. Yeah. It okay. was really fun. All right. I'm a huge fan of just pizza incorporated into things. I We're mean, doing a Bandit's going to have a cheer station with Feeny. Have you had Feeny pizza yet? Not yet, but I've heard that that white slice is what's up. Oh, it is bomb. I'm a big White slice person. Same. Let me just say, Are like you? That, just load it with cheese and salt. I'm all in on Interesting. that. Interesting. Do you uh, need a sauce to dip it in, or you're like nah, sand okay sauce? I like normal pizza as well, like with okay. sauce. But yeah, Feeny and cheering. Though I do know historically, you've always done a really good job at cheering New York City Marathon as well. Not running this oh, yeah. year, sadly. What are your cheering? Plans. Gonna start over in Brooklyn. Uh, a friend of mine has a relatively young baby, so oh, nice. gotta watch this cheer situation with her and the baby. I think it's gonna be adorable. Um, and then head up to OMRC around, I believe they're 19 ish. So definitely gonna hit somewhere in Fort Greene and up by OMRC. Uh, I have my little megaphone on deck. Yes. There is nothing that brings me more joy than like supporting people to go after their big potential, which oh sounds so lame, but no, it I'm excited. literally just gives me the chills and it's so beautiful to see how meaningful this is to everyone. And it just, there's nothing like it in New York. And when you go to a marathon, you see people of all backgrounds and shapes and sizes doing the same thing and coming together to cheer one another doing this thing 
it's just the most beautiful opportunity that we all get to participate in. It's also, so wonderful. Oh, I'm sorry. I was say talking about transferable skills. And <laughs> I just want to real quick. That sounds like a better segue it's, than mine. It's, so no, you no, no, you it's take incredible. Because <laughs> I, I ran Chicago and I was, for, I was fortunate enough to, to be and hear Emily on the megaphone mic and uh, clearly she's good at talking in front of large groups and talking in microphones and she was just shouting out literally everybody that we were like guy in a green shirt you're (laughs) awesome yeah (laughs) man in alpha flies i see you yes Yes. Yes. everyone turns and looks at you (laughs) i know right that's the way though yeah it's so good yeah in terms of pro tips i cannot wait to tune into hurdle yeah the next week to hear a voiceless Emily. Oh, God. Say, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I should actually, you're reminding me to put on my to-do list for like throat Thursday, throat. record all intros and, yeah. <laughs> and convo for next right. week because I, I recorded uh, after Chicago, the Hurdle Moment Wednesday, I did a part of that intro like post-Chicago and I literally apologized. I was like, huh. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. It's so humanizing. It is. Here I am. Speaking of Chicago, I want to say this is a very humanizing moment for me regarding you. Yeah. I think I had followed you on socials. Um, I didn't know you that well. And we may have been in the same space, but never quite introduced to one another. Yeah. And Thomas and I were doing our own shakeout and you were standing in front of a movie theater that OMRC was hosting. Oh, I remember this moment. And I still have the selfie. And you like, we like, I mean, we weren't running very fast. It was like a shakeout and we like caught eyes and I like stopped and I was like, Emily, and you were like, Sasha. And that was like the first time we'd ever met. And then like fast forward to earlier this year in Boston where you were doing just like handling all of the PR stuff and you had a live podcast that you uh, were hosting and you had some really incredible um, females who were running, I think, both the marathon and a shorter distance. Like yeah, De- I sat down with Des. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, and then somehow after that, I was like, hey, we're going to go get dinner. Do you want to come? And it was you, myself, and Thomas just like going ham after pizza, pasta, and like a tiramisu. Yeah. And just like it was, it was just really nice because yeah. I feel like people hear your persona and – this idea that you keep speaking to of leading with authenticity and holding true to your brand is like, I think people don't sometimes cannot understand fully if they are not cultivating that same type of brand and audience the way that you have done so well. And like, you can be this person that shines so brightly on a microphone or behind a phone screen or through a social media channel Mm -hmm. and you can still be that same person who like puts their hair up and like has at it at a tiramisu plate with like you know what I mean like I just think (laughs) I think it's people think that you have to be either or and you do a really good job of showing that you can be both I appreciate you yeah thank you yeah Yeah, I remember seeing you outside of that Chicago theater. And I think uh, what you're kind of getting at here is that sometimes the way that you think that someone might be just isn't how they are IRL. Totally. I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, no, totally. (laughs) I mean, I had no, I didn't have any expectations. I I was really like, it was a nice surprise that you were so warm and embracing. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, I don't know if this woman actually knows who I am, but she's being so <laughs> nice to me. She knows my name. <laughs> well, Molly, I mean, I'm, I'm I, yes, <laughs> I know who you are, but I would like to think that even if I didn't, if you just like come up to me on the street, usually I'm pretty like, 
how are you? What's right. going on? Right. And sometimes like someone will walk away from me and then I'm like, how did I know that? Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> but other times I'm like, oh, you didn't know them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's also okay. It's also okay. But I yeah, I love to, I love to just, I just want to make you feel supported. You do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, but, man. Yeah. We had, um, uh, bad at names question mark on this. My rule, my rule is if someone comes up to me on the street and like introduces themselves or if I meet someone at an event, I say to them, please DM me after because uh-huh. then I want to put their face and their person to their social because more often than not, they'll remember that and that we've had an interaction that I might not necessarily recall. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I need to like put faces to handles. And That's sometimes smart. the handles are not the same as their actual name, which Very is true. even more confusing. Yes, to me. yes. Yeah. I yeah. want to know. I want to be able to place everyone yeah. so that Agreed. I can continue to interact with you and then like foster that relationship moving forward. Totally. Yeah. It's a grounding one. Yeah. As well, which is super helpful. I'm curious. I know we're gonna run out of time, but I will expose myself because when we were talking about it, like sometimes I remember people as their social handle. Oh, totally. Like not Dave, but like there's definitely people out there who are like, oh, that's Dhash. Like yeah. I think people have said to me like, oh, you work with Dhash. Yeah. Does that ever like? Do you remember people's socials? People sometimes, but people when they're running the marathon, when they see me, they'll yell, "Hurdle podcast!" Yeah. Like They'll yell that at me instead of my name. I'm like. Works. Do you he like that? Up. Does it still work? I, it, I, I turn and I, I get excited for them. So yeah. I guess the answer to your question would be yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm happy so to. if you see Emily cheering at this New York City Marathon, <laughs> you can yell Hurdle Podcast. You can yell Emily. <laughs> you, you can, can also say you that. You can yell whatever <laughs> you want. Well, I will support you. I, I like the you. little uh, megaphone thing. Because I do, like, we're all laughing at you. Like, yeah, green shirt. That's so good. You call <sighs> someone out amazing. specifically. Oh, it was awesome. It was like, it was getting me excited for like green shirt guys. Oh, it yeah. gets you pumped. Really nice. Oh, yeah. Because then they know you're cheering for them, even oh, if absolutely. you don't know who they are. Totally, yeah. totally. And, you know, the megaphone was only a decision that was made after I'd lost my voice at a huh. marathon one year. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, that is actually, you make money with your voice. So right. this is no longer an option for you. So how can we alleviate that being a possibility? So that's where the twelve ninety nine Amazon megaphone came from. Oh, we can upgrade that, too. Has oh, it lasted it. for a while? I, I've only been doing this for a year and I own two small megaphones. Nice. Maybe I had one delivered to an one. Amazon locker in Chicago because I forgot <laughs> I forgot mine at home. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I was like, Amazon locker oh for the God. win. Oh my God, technology. <laughs> yeah. How many times slash did you have to perfect the slogan, another hurdle conquered? I don't even remember. Like, I think I just said that in the first episode and I didn't think about it. And then it happened and I was thought to myself... Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, yeah. like let's let's run with that. And now, like once a week, I'll get a random photo from someone somewhere far away, and it's like written on their hand, or it's like they have the mug, or they are telling me that like they just kept telling them that that to themselves when they were going through a job interview or something. And even yesterday morning, uh, a woman I've only coached someone to run a marathon once, and then decided that that's just like not within my bandwidth to have that. I really want to support you and I just can't support you in the way that I would want someone that was coaching me to run a marathon to support me. But I did it once a couple of years ago and that woman was running a half marathon last weekend and sends me a photo of this woman's wrist that said another hurdle almost conquered. She goes, I met this woman today and that was on her wrist. And it like blew my mind. It it never doesn't blow my mind. It never doesn't blow my mind. But it's perfected now. It's so good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, we're going to close, but before we close, we always give the guest some time to plug whatever they want to plug. So 
Emily, the the airspace is yours. Um, do we have info on when this is? This will go up in about two hours. Okay, <laughs> oh, quick turn. Let's Ooh, go. Great. Wow, that makes all of this Halloween talk so relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this is going up in two hours. Uh, that means that. Hi, everyone. If you are in New York City this week, I would love to see you at some of the events that I have in the mix. Wednesday night, I'm going to be popping up at MoMA PS1 in Long Island City. I literally think there are five tickets left. So if you listen to this and you can snag one, uh, having a really important conversation on runner safety with some really amazing leaders in the space uh, here in the New York running community. Really looking forward to that. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I certainly have anxiety about doing what I do in front of so many people that I've know that I know uh it feels very different to host a conversation of that magnitude like that in front of my community than sitting down with someone like Ashley Graham in front of a thousand people I don't know I just this feels a little bit more heightened for me so I would love to see your face there please come and support uh and listen in on a really beautiful conversation then on Thursday night briefly I am sitting down with Matt Taylor to talk about uh sneakers and tracksmith and then on Saturday, I'm hanging out with the folks at Bandit. Bring my Bandit mask. We're going to be popping up in the Whalebone over in on Bleecker. And that starts at 1230. I believe that event is technically sold out. But if you come through anytime after around 145 or 2, hang out. We'll snap your photo. We'll be chatting, chilling, sipping. And I'd love, love to see you there. And then, of course, Marathon Weekend. I'll be out there cheering uh, somewhere in Fort Greene. Up at mile 19 on runner's left. <laughs> and uh, at Hurdle Podcast at Emily Body, I'd love for you to consider yourself a hurdler and listen to Hurdle wherever you listen to this great podcast. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Another Ooh. Hurdle. Another Hurdle. Conquered. Yeah, she said it. <laughs> she said the words. That's it. Right, we're, we're, done we're, we're done there. We're done there. So that's good. As, as we're going to get. Thank you. I love that, that was great.